chapter four is titled Transcendental Knowledge. And we'll begin by reading the Sanskrit. Yetamam prapadyante tamstataiva pajamyaham mamavart manuvartante manusha partha sarvashaha. All of them, as they surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, O son of Krita. Purport. Everyone is searching for Krishna and the different aspects of his manifestations. Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is partially realized in his impersonal Brahma Jyoti effulgence. And he is the all-pervading super soul dwelling within everyone dwelling within everything, including the particles of atoms. But Krishna is only fully realized by his pure devotees. Consequently, Krishna is the object of everyone's realization. Thus, anyone and everyone is satisfied according to one's desire to have him. In the transcendental world also, Krishna reciprocates with his pure devotees in the transcendental attitude, just as the devotee wants him. One devotee may want Krishna as supreme master, another as his personal friend, another as his son, and still another as his lover. Krishna rewards all the devotees equally according to their different intensities of love for him. In the material world, the same reciprocations of feelings are there. They're equally exchanged by the Lord for the different types of worshipers. The pure devotee both here and in the transcendental abode associate with him in person and are able to render personal service to the Lord and thus derive transcendental bliss in his loving service. As for those who are impersonalists and who want to commit spiritual suicide, by annihilating the individual existence of the living entity, Krishna helps also by absorbing them in his effulgence. Such impersonalists do not agree to accept the eternal, blissful personality of Godhead. Consequently, they cannot relish the bliss of transcendental personal service to the Lord, having extinguished their individuality. Some of them who are not situated even in the impersonal existence return to this material field to exhibit their dormant desires for activities. They're not emitted in the spiritual planets, but they're again given a chance to act on the material planets. For those who are fruit of workers, the Lord awards the desired result of their prescribed duty as a Yageshwar. And those yogis seeking mystic powers are awarded such powers. In other words, everyone is dependent for success upon his mercy alone. And all kinds of spiritual processes are but different degrees of success on the same path. Lest therefore one comes to the highest perfection of Krishna consciousness, all attempts remain imperfect, as stated in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Akama sarva karma va, moksha kama udharadi, tirena bhakti ojena, yajeta purusha purusham param. Whether one is without desire, the condition of the devotees, or desires of all fruit of results, was after liberation, one should with all efforts try to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead for complete perfection, culminating in Krishna consciousness. All of them as they surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, O son of Krita. Namaste, Sarasukandeva, Goravani Vacharne, Nirvi Shesha, Shunivadi, Paskatyade, Siddhartha. This verse follows from other verses in Bhagavad Gita, especially from the verse where Krishna says 
Janma karma chame divyam evam yoveti tatvataha. That if we can understand Krishna in truth, then we become eligible to go back to the spiritual world. So tatvataha means to actually personally experience Krishna directly. Everyone is experiencing Krishna to some degree or another, but Krishna is also a person. Just like we're persons, and although we're meet, meeting in this virtual reality, still, when I look around, we can see that everyone has a material body, and we can see you. So Krishna also has a body. Uh, we may not be able to see him presently, his original form, but that doesn't mean that the person who spoke Bhagavad Gita 5,000 years ago was you know, just like a cloud or a vacuum. He's just love. That's all he is, he's love. You can't see him, you can't speak to him. All you can do is love him. But Krishna is a person like we are, and Krishna is the leader. Nityo, Nityanam, Chaitanas, Chaitananam. Krishna is the Nitya of all the Eternals. Krishna is the Supreme Eternal. We're all eternal, and we're all part and parcel of Krishna. Krishna is the original person and we're expansions of Krishna. Just like the finger is part and parcel of the body. And the finger's job, job because it's part and parcel, is to do what the body wants. The brain tells the finger to move and the finger moves because it's part of the body. Similarly, it's our business to follow Krishna because Krishna is the original leader. And now everyone has the leader. When Prabhupada uh, went to Moscow, he was discussing with Professor Kataski, Professor Kataski at the Moscow University, head of the Indology department at the Moscow University. Prabhupada could not convince him of any part of our philosophy. He wouldn't accept anything. When Prabhupada explained to him that we're not this body, uh, he could not accept that, as far as he was concerned, that everyone was their body. When Prabhupada tried to explain to him something about that there should be a educated, society who are in the mode of goodness, who are clean, who are truthful. Professor Kodasi couldn't accept anything. Then finally Prabhupada said, all right, actually your philosophy and our philosophy are not different. Your philosophy is that you accept Lenin as your leader and our philosophy is we accept Krishna as our leader. So your philosophy is that you have to accept the leader. And our philosophy is also we have to accept the leader. Now we're accepting Krishna as our leader. And wherever Krishna goes, that's where we'll go. And you're accepting Lenin, Lenin as your leader. And wherever Lenin goes, that's where you're going to go. You simply have to make a choice which leader you want to accept. Now, in the material world, there is one Brahmin in the Srimad Bhagavatam. He said, Kamadi nam katida katidas palitas dornideshas. That everyone is following their leader according to the lust that they have. It is not that by accident we choose a certain leader that we choose a leader because we think this leader will actually satisfy my material desires. Now, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, it also said, Sorry for the Lubanga that I'm going off some of the verses, but anyhow, that everyone, People don't know 
that the purpose of life is to accept Krishna as a leader. Because when we accept Krishna as a leader, then when we meet Krishna, or as much as we come in contact with Krishna, to that extent, we wake up. And waking up means we become aware of things as they actually are. Becoming aware that we're eternal means that we get out of the problems of material existence. And becoming aware of Krishna means that we become blissful. Our whole life becomes blissful because Krishna is unlimitedly loving and blissful. And when we wake up, then we understand that everyone and everything is related to Krishna. There's nothing apart from Krishna. And all we're dealing with is Krishna and Krishna is all good. And therefore there's nothing to worry about because whatever, whatever happens is under Krishna's direction and Krishna has only one goal, that is to make us happy. Now, of course, when people want to do things that will make them unhappy, Krishna allows that. The example used in the Upanishads is that there's two birds sitting on a tree. One bird is eating the fruits of the tree and the other bird is watching. So Krishna, the super soul in our heart, he's watching as we're eating the fruits of material existence. He would like to tell us to stop eating, but he wants to give us some free will. Therefore, because of that free will, we're eating the fruits of material existence, and Krishna is always trying somehow or another to bring us to hear from him so we can do things that will actually benefit our real self rather than our concocted ideas of who we think we are. But that requires some qualification, and that qualification is obtained by hearing from Krishna or from Krishna's representative. Now, everyone is directly or indirectly hearing from Krishna. In the, in the Krishna book, Prabhupada writes that the whole world is dancing with Krishna. But those who are dancing, trying to imitate Krishna, they're dancing with Krishna's maya, the illusory energy. And those who are dancing, following Krishna's footprints and following Krishna's steps, they're dancing in the rasa dance. Now that rasa dance has been manifested in this age as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement. When we're chanting Hare Krishna, then Shimati Radharani and Krishna are there. And when we're dancing with the other devotees, we're all dancing in the rasa dance with Radha and Krishna. Now we decide to imitate Radha and Krishna and have our own rasa dance, then we're dancing with Maya. The whole world is full of Krishna singing, but everyone's understanding those songs, what we're hearing in different ways. Haridas Thakur was a great devotee, simply chanting Hare Krishna, but the envious Mohammedans, the Kazi, and also it was the Brahmins, they complained that why is this Muslim chanting Hare Krishna, spoiling the Muslim religion? Let's arrest him and punish him. So he was brought before the Kazi, and the Kazi said, my dear Haridas, that you were born in a respectable Muslim family, why have you become so degraded that the, you're chanting these Hindi, Hindu names? That you should stop and you should become a good Muslim again, or else we're going to have to punish you. So Haridas Thakur, he was listening to him, but he understood that this is actually the illusory energy speaking. He didn't think, well, Krishna is everywhere, and therefore what everyone is saying, it's all coming from Krishna. In one sense, it is coming from Krishna, because no one can do anything except for what Krishna sanctions. And Bhagavad Gita Krishna says, Savasya Chaham Ridi Sanabhishto, that he's in everyone's heart. So he's in all our hearts. It's not that 
in some people's hearts, he's there. And if he doesn't like your face, then he disappears from your heart, never to be seen again. So Krishna is there, but Krishna, we, Krishna is trying to speak to us, but we may not hear him. As a matter of fact, we may be hearing so many other things, namely our mental concoctions. And as long as we take shelter of our mental concoctions, then Krishna remains far away from us. So Haridas Thakura was listening to the Muslim magistrate talking to him, and he realized that this is just the illusory energy talking to me. And therefore he, he didn't challenge the Muslim magistrate, but he said, well, you know, you're a Muslim, you have some faults, and I'm also a Muslim, I have some faults. My fault is I'm chanting Hare Krishna. So try and tolerate, we all have faults. But the Muslim magistrate said, no, if you don't chant, if you don't give up your Hindu religion, we're gonna beat you in 26 market, in the marketplaces. So Haridas Thakur said, well, what to do? You know, I just do what I think I'm supposed to do. You do what you, you think you're supposed to do. So Haridasa Kaur, he realized that this is Krishna because for the devotee, Krishna gives them intelligence by which they can make spiritual progress. He gives them knowledge, so he gives them remembrance so that one all, can only remember Krishna. And he gives them forgetfulness so that one forgets all the nonsense from materialistic life. And for the non-devotee, <clears throat> Krishna gives them so much intelligence that they can declare that everything came out of nothing. And he can give them such knowledge, such remembrance that all they can do is forget all their nonsense activities. So that eventually thinking about the same thing over and over and over again, eventually they just go crazy. And whatever knowledge they had, whatever understanding of spirit or morality or religion or just common decency, Krishna helps them forget all that and come to the platform of becoming more and more animalistic or even lower than the animals. So Krishna, as we surrender to Krishna, so Krishna rewards us. And all that depends upon our association. If we come to the, if we're associating with the devotees, Sadhu Sangha, and then hopefully what we're doing is we're hearing about Krishna. Hearing about Krishna philosophy is also hearing Krishna's pastimes, because this whole world is simply Krishna's pastime. It's the pastime of helping the conditioned souls wake up or the pastime of helping the conditioned souls get deeper into ignorance and sleeping according to what we want. Now, Krishna himself, he personally comes to try to convince us by speaking Bhagavad Gita that it would be best to wake up and understand who we actually are and who Krishna is. And if we don't, Krishna says, what is our, what will happen to us? So he says, and then later on he says, that if you don't want to accept me, if you become envious of me, why should Krishna be God? Why am I not God? Why is my dog not God? We're all God. If you want to surrender, if you believe like that, you want to worship God, dog as God. In English, if you turn the words around, the letters around, in English, it's G for bog, it's G O D. And if you turn it around, you look in the mirror, <clears throat> G O D will become D O G, Sabaka. So if you don't want to worship God, you want to wor worship the perverted reflection of God, then you worship dog. You serve dog. Instead of worshiping the deity and offering things to the deity, prasadam to the deity, you offer a bone to the dog. Swaha.
Instead of meditating upon the Supreme Person, you meditate upon the dog as it's out in the street passing stool. You feel somehow or another your heart becomes enlivened when the dog is finishing its business in the street. Your day is perfect. And when the dog smiles and wags its tail, then you know that at least one person in the world loves me. So everyone has to surrender either to God or to dog or something like that. Now, as I said, everyone who's worshiping dog or those who are worshiping other things, they're 100% convinced that what they're doing is perfect. As a matter of fact, although we're aspiring to become devotees, but Maya has not given up on us. She's an equal opportunity employer. She loves all of us very dearly and doesn't want to leave our company. Therefore, in spite of the fact that we're aspiring to become devotees, Maya is even more attentive to us than ordinary people. Maya is always trying to convince us that give up this Krishna, this blackish boy who was a thief, born in prison because his parents were criminals, got out of prison somehow or another, and then led a life of crime. Grew up in Vrindavan, killed his nurse, the first thing he did. Even as a child, he was, his cr criminal propensities were there. And as he grew up, he organized a, grant, a group of thieves, mafia in Vrindavan, and went around stealing from everyone indiscriminately. Everyone's, no one's house was safe from Krishna and his friends, the mafia, Vrindavan mafia. Then he became attracted to the ladies there, played around with them. And when they got serious, he left to escape into the ocean, only to come out and capture other people's wives or other ladies. So this is the people think, and we're not exaggerating, if you go to India, Many people think like that. Oh, you're a Krishna, as Prabhupada said. He was lusty. And Prabhupada said, yes, Krishna may have been lusty, but he was unlimitedly lusty. Try, someone may dance with one lady or two ladies, whatever, but Krishna danced with 16,108 ladies simultaneously. So try to compete. No one can compete with Krishna in any respect. In any case, if we want to have a conception of what we think Krishna is or what we think other people are, then we'll have that conception. And if we want to read the newspapers and the magazines and dwell on the so-called leaders of this material world and become absorbed in what they're doing or what they're not doing, uh, then we'll get their association. Uh, Krishna is also in their heart inspiring them, uh, but inspiring them to mis, mis, uh, misdirect uh, large amounts of people. Uh, they're zero, and they, they're trying to become one by adding so many other zeros to themselves. Just like Sanatana Goswami, he was studying the Bhagavatam, trying to avoid association with a Nawab Hussein Shah, thinking that this Nawab, he wants me to go to Bengal and invade Bengal and torture the Brahmins and, the, and destroy the deities there. I will not help him. Instead, I'll read Srimad Bhagavatam. So as I mentioned before, the Nawab came to visit Sanatana Goswami and Sanatana Goswami said, because he heard Sanatana Goswami was claiming, I'm, I'm ill, I can't do my duties. Nawab was wondering what's going on with Sanatana Goswami. So he came 
and Sananda Goswami stood up and offered him respects. Although he was a mediator, a fender of Krishna and the Brahmins, still because he was a representative of God, of Krishna being the king, Sananda Goswami offered him respects because no one can do anything unless Krishna sanctions. But Sanatana Goswami was not under any illusion that this person as a king was doing the proper thing, but Krishna had empowered him because Krishna has his reasons. Whatever someone does pious activities in their last lifetime, then they get rewarded. They actually become a powerful person. If they misuse that power, then they'll have to suffer in their next lifetime. One time, Sarup Damodar Maharaj was speaking to Srila Prabhupada. And he, Prabhupada was, he was explaining about people suffering because they were starving to death in certain parts of the world. Now, Prabhupada was explaining in a certain aspect of our philosophy. Prabhupada was very, we know that Prabhupada started Food for Life. So he wasn't, he was concerned that people have, especially in Bengal, that they have opportunities to eat properly. And therefore he started Food for Life, especially in West Bengal. But when he heard from Sarup Damodar about how people are trying to save the hungry, Prabhupada said, no, actually that's Krishna's arrangement. He said, just like if you're in a hospital and the government and the doctors order you to fast, then that's actually for your benefit. Similarly, when people are put, whatever position we're put into because of our karma, whatever position, it's actually for our benefit if we see it properly and utilize our activities by surrendering to Krishna. Just like Draupadi. Draupadi was dragged before the Kauravas and the assembly, just wearing a sari. And Dushashan was ordered by Duryodhana to disrobe her in, midst of, in, in, the, in front of all the elderly Kurus, including Bhima and Dronacharya and others. And at least at that time, it was a great insult for a respectable lady like Draupadi to be disrobed in front of elderly men and in front of anyone except for her husband. Now Draupadi tried to take shelter of Krishna and she was putting up her hand, praying to Krishna to help her. Help, help. <laughs> and Durdushasan was pulling, pulling. He was a big Kshatriya warrior because Draupadi was also Kshatriya. So she was... Draupadi was also a Kshatriya and she couldn't And the army was following Krishna, Rukmini's army, and Shushupal's army, and Jarasandha's army was following Krishna to, to get Rukmini back. Then it says Krishna was firing his arrows, and Rukmini was driving the chariot. So it wasn't that the ladies there didn't know what to do. They were quite capable at that time. So similarly, Draupadi was trying to hold on to her sari, but Dushashan was amazingly strong. That time the warriors weren't little soldiers. They were the small warriors. Krishna had said he was a little small for being a Kshatriya. He was only six meters high or five meters high. And the normal Kshatriya was six meters high. So he was quite short for a Kshatriya because his, his real mother and father were, were Vaishyas. In any case, Draupadi realized that at this point, I'm not going to be able to protect my sari. Dushri San is going to win. So she just put up her hands and said, hey, Govinda. So when she surrendered completely to Krishna, Krishna became her sari. And Dushri San was, was pulling on her sari and the sari was coming off. 
but it was an unlimited sorry. And after some time he became tired and he gave up. Similarly, Krishna is arranging it so finally we can gradually surrender. As Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Sarva Dharma Prachaja Mame Kam Sharanam Raja. All of them give up all different varieties of religion. Of course, as I, as I, as I mentioned before, uh, most people who read that will think there's no problem. This is the one verse I can follow. I've already given up all varieties of religion. But then he says, surrender to me. Well, that's the problem. Well, who is this Krishna? Why is he telling I surrender? Yes, surrender to me. Yes, that's what I've been telling everyone. Krishna is saying, surrender to me. And I've been telling everyone the same thing. Surrender to me. So in that respect, Krishna and myself, we agree. It's only the person who to surrender to, we disagree. But then Krishna says, I'll protect you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear, Nabolsya. Now, who can, who can tell us, don't fear? Of course, everyone's saying that. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to save you. Uh, but people can't be saved by modern science. Modern science is expert at destroying things. <clears throat> there are businesses usually destruction. Their medical science is called, they use primarily antibiotics. Anti means against, and biotics means life. So the very science of allopathic medicine, the primary science in Kali Yuga for medicine, is against life by very definition. And Krishna says that in Bhagavad Gita, because they don't believe in him, they look around in the world and they think everything's wrong and that we're going to make it right. And everything they do just simply makes things worse. And then they declare that we've solved so many problems and they don't mention that they've created five more problems when they've solved the one problem. That famous story of the, well, many things. In 1900, the Ford Motor Company was putting out advertisements everywhere that the horses are being used as transportation and everywhere they go, they're passing stool on the street and it's creating quite a problem, a pollution problem. So we have a solution to solve all these problems. If you buy our motor car, the motor car will not pass stool on the street and we'll solve that problem. So now we've actually, they've solved the horse problem. There's no more horse pollution. There's only another problem, a little bit of car pollution. So to solve one problem, they've created a much worse problem. So people are telling us, the leaders, so-called leaders are telling us, surrender to them and they'll, they'll solve all our problems. But actually they're, as, as they said, they're blind, Andayatandira. Uh, they're blind, they don't even know that they're not their body. They don't know that the goal of life is to become conscious of Krishna. They think, oh, we're religious fanatics, we have so much we believe in a, a scripture, we believe in a book. But what does this book say? This book says, Bhagavad Gita, that we're not this body. Now, who's gonna dispute and say, you're wrong. We're actually these bodies. Which body? The body of the child, five years old. The child of the body, the our body when we were 10 years old. Which body were we? Which body are we? Are we this body? What happens when this body changes? We'll still be here. 
in five, ten years, if we're still here, if this body's still here and we're still here, we'll have a completely new body, but we'll still be here. So the body's always changing, but we're not changing. Now these leaders don't even know that they're not their body. All they know is that their senses are demanding something and they're trying to convince others to serve their demands. And they're the so-called leaders, but actually they're misleaders. They're being misled by the illusory energy. They don't know that the goal of life is to obtain Krishna and get out of the Bali concept of life. And they're misleading others. So they're being misled and they're simply misleading others. So they're misleaders. They're not actually real leaders. So the point is we can accept Krishna as our supreme leader and follow his direction and gradually become aware of our real selves and aware of everyone else and aware of Krishna and improve our lives, spiritual lives, actually our real lives, which is spiritual, rather than trying to improve our, follow or follow some misleader who's blind and try to improve our material lives, which will ultimately be destroyed. And we have to start all over again. We may become expert in this material world. We may become rich. We may become learned from the material point of view. We may become strong. We may become famous. But the, when we leave this body, that famous, rich, strong, wealthy body, uh, no one cares about it anymore. You may, have been very, you may be very beautiful in this body now, but when you leave your body, who's going to uh, nominate you for Mr. Universe or Miss Universe? Who's going to take pictures of your body and, put it, and post it on Instagram or Facebook? Hi, I just came back from the dead. <laughs> This is my new face, a little wrinkled, more wrinkled than usual, but you know, what to do? I couldn't put up on makeup today because, you know, I was in this box and it was really hard to get out of it. But anyhow, luckily someone came and took some pictures. Oh, at the end of leaving this body, uh, then this body, everything we've accomplished in this body is for us becomes useless and we have to go on to our next destination. Now we make our next, if we accept Krishna as our leader, then at least we'll get another opportunity to follow Krishna. Even if we don't go back to the spiritual world, we'll get another opportunity to follow Krishna's directions and make further advancement towards the spiritual existence. And if we become directed by misleaders, no matter how much talented they are, no matter how famous they are, no matter how many wealthy they are, no matter how much they promise us that they're going to save us and satisfy our desires, still, at the end of this lifetime, it'll all wind up for zero. Trauma, eva, hikevala. We'll just be wasting our time. Now, on the other hand, as inspiring devotees, we have many opportunities to serve Krishna, but we have to be careful. What is our motivation be behind serving Krishna? We have the example of the four of the Chatur Vida Bhajante Mam Janasukina Arjuna Arta Dignasi Artarti Gani Chaparatarashiva. That four kinds of pious people approach Krishna to fulfill their desires. The most common is those who are in distress. Now everyone is in distress in the material world. The material world means distress. If someone thinks they're happy in the material world, then they're in so much ignorance, they don't realize how much stress they're under. If you go up to a tree, if you could talk to a tree and say, my dear tree, how are you doing? The tree will say, well, it's pretty good, you know. My roots are down into the ground. I, I feel pretty solid. It's been, you know, my posture is practically perfect right now. Look at me, how tall I stand. Food is great, you know, 
It's unlimitedly right beyond. I don't even have to go anywhere. The, the food is right below my feet. People are coming, they like me so much, they carve love letters into me. And I always wanted to be naked. So in the winter, I'm naked for you know six months out of the year and everyone can see my beautiful body. And all the other trees are saying how beautiful I am. So this is the life. Don't you think you're suffering a little bit? No, there's no suffering. I don't have to work. I have a lot of little trees growing around me and uh, my children. And I don't have to give them any education. Everything is great. This is, this is the life of a tree. Besides that, you're going to leave your body pretty soon. I'm going to live for hundreds of years. Not only that, I just get bigger. As I get older, I get bigger. I don't dwindle. I become even fatter. And stronger and bigger. So this is the life. I can't complain. So the tree is actually suffering. But it doesn't realize it's suffering. It thinks it's enjoying. So similarly, every materialist is thinking, well, actually, there's a few problems, but the scientists will solve them. I'm doing all right. Or as they say in Spanish, there's some Spanish devotees here, barriga llena, corazón contento. If the stomach is full, then the heart is, is satisfied. Serza, shisliya. The heart becomes happy. So for the materialists, this material world is great. They've accepted some leader. They're following him. They're going to make progress. Some leader has tattoos on his arms. Another leader has tattoos everywhere on his body. And someone else is trying to put tattoos on his eyelids. So when he closes his eyes, he can see his tattoos. And they become the leader. This is the leader. And the more tattoos I get, the more I'm closer to my leader. And when we see each other, we exchange. Parash Param. Look at my tattoo. Wow, look at that. Wow, my God. I, I don't have a tattoo like that. I'm, I'm sorry I'm leaving. I got to get that tattoo too. You have no place on your body. It's all right. You know, I, I'll shave my head and I'll put it on top of my head. So we're going to accept some leader and we're going to follow them. And that's where we're going to go. So good. Uh, those who are distressed, they follow some leader. And they take drugs. They take this and that in order to relieve their distress. And at the end, they wind up more crazy and more in distress. Gajendra, he was an elephant. He developed this very difficult foot problem. He couldn't solve it, even after thousands of years of working on it, trying to solve it, even trying to get some assistance from his other fellow elephants to solve his foot problem. He just couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. Finally, he surrendered to Krishna by putting up a and praying that whoever the Supreme is, come and help him. So Gajendra, Krishna came as Vishnu, picked up Gajendra, killed the crocodile that was biting on his foot, and solved his foot problem. Of course, Gajendra appreciated and became a devotee of Krishna. Similarly, other examples of Dhruva Maharaj, or the sages of, of Namasharanya, or the four Kamaras, they also had their desires because everyone in the material world has their desire. As we make progress in devotional service, we shouldn't think that suddenly I have no more desires because I change my, I shave my head or I put on a sari and now my desires have simply gone away and now I'm a pure devotee. No, as we become purified, other desires will appear uh, assembly of a higher category. That if we, as when we're in distress, we take shelter of Krishna, then as our distress goes away, then it actually awakens in our heart is a desire to enjoy. 
if we have the motivation of trying to take shelter of Krishna in order to get free from distress, hidden behind that is this desire to enjoy. When I get free from my distress, then I can go back and, and enjoy again. So one approaches Krishna, Krishna, please give me a house, give me a wife, give me a color TV, Om Jai Jagadisha Hari. Give me this, give me that, give me so many things. So when we're free from distress, then we want so many things from Krishna. We have a whole list of things we want from Krishna. And we go before the deities and say, my dear Lord, you're so kind, you're so merciful. And today is my birthday. And you always reciprocate with your devotees according to Bhagavad Gita. Samaham samabhuteshu name priyaha. So here's my list. Wish me a happy birthday. And wish that all these things on, the li on the, my list manifest as presents from you. Padaka. So yes, after we become free from distress, then the desire will be there, just like our Dhruva wanted a kingdom greater than that of his great-grandfather, Lord Brahma. And when we get free from that desire, then we wonder, well, I don't, I'm not in distress anymore. I'm not hankering after so many material things. What is even superior to that? So we become inquisitive, like the sages of Namasharanya. And we'll hear from the Brahmins, and the Brahmins, they'll tell us, better, you can go to the heavenly planets. You can go there and enjoy life for so long. You just do a little sacrifice, pay us a little dakshin, and we'll give you a one-way ticket to the heavenly planets. Of course, when you get there, they give you a one-way ticket back also. And if we overcome that, if we actually get knowledge from the Brahmins and realize that we're eternal, that we're Brahman, if we don't think we're God, which most of the people who become a little bit into the mode of goodness, they begin to imagine that they're actually, they're the Supreme. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, as I mentioned before, to the place where the Mayavadi sannyasis were because his devotees were sad that everyone in Varanasi at that time was criticizing Lord Chaitanya. So Lord Chaitanya came to where the Mayavadi sannyasis were who were criticizing him in order to talk to them. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's acted very humbly because in India, when you walk around, especially the sannyasis don't walk around with shoes on, they walk around barefoot. And when they enter into a house, then there's a place where they wash their feet. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to the place where he was washing his feet, where one washes their feet and sat down there. Sitting down there, the other, the Mayavadi sannyasis were wondering, here's a sannyasi, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Chaitanya, and he seems to be depressed. He's sitting in one place and they're washing his, he's where they wash their feet and he's not doing anything. He doesn't get up. So they went to Chaitanya, Prakashananda Saraswati, went to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and said, my dearest sir, you're a sannyasi. You look like a respectable person. Why are you so depressed that you're sitting in a place where you're supposed to wash your feet? So at that time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu exhibited an effulgence greater than that of 10 million suns. The Mayavadi philosophers were quite surprised. Wow, 10 million suns. This person is Narayan. But they weren't so impressed, actually, because they thought, yes, he's Narayan, but we're all Narayan. Namo Narayan Namaha. We're all Narayan. He's realized Narayan. He's just a little bit, he got a couple of steps ahead of us. They didn't think it was a big deal. Narayan, you know, Vishnu, 
whatever. Big deal. So for the impersonalists who are enemies of God, they think everyone is God, especially their God. They had a book called Animal Farm. I don't know if anyone read it. Animal Farm, the pigs, they did a revolution and they became the head of, of, the, of the farm. And all the other animals were also liberated and all the animals were free to serve the pigs. Because according to the pig's philosophy, all animals are equal, but the pigs are more equal than other animals. So similarly, the Mayavadis think, yes, everyone is God, but we're, we're the special gods. So Krishna will give one an intelligence like that, but if one is fortunate to come and associate with the devotees, then one will find out who the real God is and what the advantages of following his direction uh, rather than following the direction of so many false gods. The four Kumaras, they thought they were God, but they thought, let's go to Vaikuntha and we can exhibit Narayan because he's also God, our fellow God. Because they went there uh, because of their impersonalism, they wound up cursing other gods that they met, namely Jai and Vijay. They thought, yes, we're all God, but we're special gods. You're just an ordinary God. And they cursed these four, the Jai and Vijay. Luckily, Lord Narayan came, and when they saw Narayan, then they experienced who the real God is, and they changed their consciousness. Our whole Christian consciousness movement is simply meant convince people that Krishna is God and that he's the natural leader for everyone. And we should follow his directions given by Guru Sadhana Shastra. And as, as Krishna reveals himself to us, then we get more and more intelligence to understand things properly. And part of that is we realize we're eternal. We'll get free from all our anxiety over death and where we're going next after leaving this body. We'll become in contact with the super soul so that we know exactly what to do and how to do it all the time. And we'll come in contact with this supreme friend of ours, Krishna, who is the most opulent, the most beautiful, the most loving. And we can revive our loving relationship with him so we can live with him and his associates eternally. So that's our choice. Either we can follow some, we have to follow a leader the question is, are we going to follow a real leader like Krishna and his, his, his represent, representatives, or are we going to choose some false leader and find ourselves in another false world with other false ideas and false activities, which will lead us nowhere? So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions or comments? Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Humble uh, basis. Thank you for the class. And you mentioned that we should be very careful with our motivations behind serving Krishna. How we should detect the wrong motivations? Yes, yes. We should become aware of what our motivations are. Most of the time, we, we the material world means that whatever situation we're we're we're, we're in. We think, we think ourselves to be very nicely situated. That's how Maya works. Maya hardly ever tells us, Maya will not tell us, my dear sir, you're in difficulty. You might die at any moment. What, what is the sense of wanting dhanam, high position, dhanam, wealth, sundaring, beautiful women or powerful men? What is, it, what, what is the point in getting those things? You're about to leave your body. Maya will never tell us that. They're saying, yes, you deserve so much. You're a great devotee. I really admire you. I wish I could be a devotee like you were. Maybe you can initiate me into whatever you're doing. But you need a break. You've been working too hard. You, I mean, I think you've been chanting too much. As Prabhupada said, your throat is dry. Why don't you go out and smoke a beady? That will, and then you can come back and, and chant again. You'll be empowered to chant. 
So Maya will always try and bewilder us. Yoga is chalati manasa. That's her job to make sure we become serious. So whatever position we're in now, unless we're seeing Krishna face to face, then we should understand it's because I'm covered by other motivations other than trying to see Krishna face to face. And we should become aware of them so that we can understand how by philosophy, by practice, by experience, that this is not really uh, beneficial for me. This is, will actually not fulfill my real desires and therefore, I should try to get some higher taste by engaging instead in Krishna's service. And when Krishna puts us to, to a test, offers us different allurements or puts us into a certain amount of distress, and we still continue to take shelter of Krishna, then the result is that these desires will gradually dissipate and disappear as Krishna reveals himself to us, because he sees that we're actually becoming more serious. And therefore, Krishna becomes more serious about helping us become Krishna conscious. So it's the question, Prabhupada said, a pure devotee means an experienced devotee. Well, we've had experience in the material world, tasting different flavors and 8,400,000 species of life. And we have this experience too in this present body, trying to experience different tastes in material existence. But while we're doing that, we should also try to cultivate the desire for Krishna consciousness by the practice of sadhana bhakti and, and service to Krishna and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. And therefore try to develop another taste so that our taste for material existence, our different tastes here, become seen as tuchavat, insignificant, so we can easily give them up. Anything else? Uh, Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Uh, the question from Mata Javalita from Donbass. Uh, uh, how to get rid of panic attacks? So it is not. Still? Uh, how to get rid of panic attacks. This is psychological disease. Of what Qatar? I don't know. Panic what... attacks. Panic, panic attacks. attacks. Panic attacks. Oh, panic attacks. Panic attacks. Nichivo Strashneva. Krishna says, don't fear. The only way we can get rid of panic attacks is to wake up. Just like if you're asleep and there's a tiger comes, it's biting you in your dream. How do you get rid of the tiger? After all, if you see a tiger in the dream and it grabs hold of your leg, you're gonna be in panic. Now you may shout and call for your friends, please come and save me. And they come with a stick and beat on the tiger. It may or may not work. Now the best thing to do is someone comes and shakes you and wakes you up. And then you realize that there was no tiger. He wasn't biting on your leg, you were just imagining it. So material existence means we're imagining that these things are happening to our body and our minds are actually happening to us. When we wake up and realize who we are, then we'll realize that these things are not happening to me, they're happening to my body and there's no need for me to be worried about anything because I'm eternal. My body is indestructible, my spiritual body. I'm going to live forever, no matter what happens to this body. So the secret is to wake up, take shelter of Krishna, follow his instructions. And as we wake up, these anxieties, Masuchaha, Krishna says, don't worry, I'll protect you. And then we'll realize Krishna spiritually, at least will protect us. No one can guarantee how long we're gonna be in this body but we can guarantee that if you take shelter of Krishna, you'll realize your eternal identity and you'll worry about, about anything of this material existence. Because Prahlad Maharaj said, Naiva Dvide Paradharatya Vaitaranyas Pravira Gayana Mahamritak Magnachitak 
So chay vimukatetisa indriyarata maya sukhayam param udvatam vimuda. That Palamara said, actually, when I chant Hare Krishna, I'm absorbed in an ocean of bliss. But I'm still in anxiety because I'm seeing that all these rascals here, they've created this ridiculous civilization where everyone is working hard simply creating problems for themselves. So I feel compassionate for them and therefore I'm working hard to wake them up so they can understand actually what is their real purpose of life and how to fulfill it. So for a devotee, they have no problem. Their only problem is that they're unhappy to see others unhappy and therefore they work they're in panic that these people are going to go to hell and it's my duty to try and help them to the best I can. That's their only worry. Okay, anything else? Were there any other questions? Yes. In the commentary, it is written when the time of creation of creation comes, the first of emerge from the breeze of Mahavishnu are the You've lost me. Can you say can you say this very slowly? Nipani Mayo. when the time of creation comes, the first to emerge from the breeze of Mahavishnu as a Vedas. In their personified form, they serve him. Awakening uh, he uh, from his mystical sleep. How to understand this? How can we, yeah, we can't understand it. Unless we become fully Krishna conscious. How are we going to understand? That's from someone's breathing, the Vedas will come. Have you ever breathed in anything? Intelligence has come out of your breath. We have no experience like that. But Krishna, his breathing is, is also, there's no difference between his breath and Krishna. And therefore Krishna wills that when he breathes, the Vedas come. And the Vedas, they have some service. Now, the Vedas can't wake Krishna up. No one can, unless Krishna desires something, nothing can happen. So, just like Mother Jasoda, sometimes she comes and she tries to wake Krishna up. But Krishna doesn't want to get up because he's been out all night dancing with the gopis and he feels a little tired. So no matter what Mother Jasoda does, she can't wake Krishna up. But then she looks at Krishna and she sees all these marks on her, his body red marks on his body and scratches. And she said, oh, my, my dear Krishna, he's was in the forest, sir, you know, protecting the cows and all these, these branches scratched his body. And he has all these mar these kumkum on his, on his body. You know, the gopis, they bathed him yesterday, but they didn't actually bathe him very nicely. And all the, the gopis are there, they're just, you know, shocked. Well, first of all, when Mother DeSoto sees all these marks, they're shocked, thinking that Mother DeSoto is going to find out what their relation with Krishna is. And then when she's, Mother DeSoto sees that Krishna, she, uh, she's interpreting all these marks in a different way, then the gopis are relieved and they giggle and then Krishna wakes up. So Krishna, when he wants to wake up, he wakes up. No one can wake up Krishna, but Krishna has a plan. And therefore he manifests the material world. He breathes out the Vedas. And the Vedas wake him up. It's all going according to what Krishna desires. Vedas also have service. 
So that's their service. When Krishna and Radharani are in the forest, sleeping after their pastimes, then one monkey count comes, a very big devotee of Krishna, a monkey, and starts chattering to Krishna and Radharani, wake up. It's time to wake up, to go back to your houses. And Krishna and Radharani refuse to wake up. And all the parrots start chattering, wake up, Krishna, wake up. And all, every, everyone's trying to wake Krishna up, but they won't wake up. And then finally, one, one monkey says, Jatila is coming. And as soon as they hear Jatila is coming, immediately they jump out of, you know, they jump up. Jatila. So when Krishna wants to wake up, he arranges it, someone to shout, Jatila is coming, and then it's time to wake up. So Krishna gives everyone intelligence to serve him. Uh, the monkeys, the parrots, the other living entities couldn't wake him up. And Krishna gives one devotee the intelligence to shout, Jatila is coming. And then he wakes up and him and himself and Radharani, they go back to Varshana or to Nandagram so they can go back to bed. They go into their beds. So when Mother Jasoda or Vishubhanu come, they're in their bed. They're not out, seen out dancing with each other. So these are all Krishna's arrangements for his pastime. Okay, I think we'll stop here. Thank you very much. Спасибо большое, Гуру Махарадж. Be on the other Zoom conference. Okay. Okay. Well, the Lavanga will be there also. Yes. You'll be there. Uh, uh, I send you another link. Yeah, I have that link. I'll go on there right now. And Mother Lavanga come too. Okay. Are you? Hi, Valgrave. Hi, Hi,